is I to do this? Who is I to try to become an entrepreneur? You know, I'm not actually an entrepreneur. I'm just a person. And like, Chris, I, I feel like you probably had, you know, a bit of a similar experience too. Like, do you remember the day when you kind of like went, you know what? I'm just going to do this by myself. Welcome to episode five of season two and the first episode of our Startup Takeoff series. Today, we tackle the psychological barriers to entrepreneurship. The first biggie, breaking the mold and starting your own company can feel unnatural and intimidating. You might think you're not cut out for entrepreneurship, but here's the thing. Entrepreneurs are made, not born. You are an entrepreneur and you can do this. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Start of different land. Nice to see everyone today. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your day or middle of your day or end of your day. Welcome to Start of Different. I'm Dave. I'm here with Chris. my, yeah, with that guy, <laughs> the yeah. other dude on the podcast. Chris, you were born an entrepreneur, weren't you? Absolutely. I yeah. came right out of the womb. I walked down to the lawyer's office and I incorporated my first startup. Wow. Nah. You, <laughs> Hell no. Nah. I mean, if you were no. walking right away, I'd be pretty impressed as well. That'd actually be pretty terrifying to be straight up with you, you know? Yeah. yeah just a baby walking right away. I don't need that. But uh, yeah, I know you, you are very entrepreneurial, very innovative, very into that. But Chris, you know, you're right. You know, no entrepreneurs are born. And that's frankly what we're here to talk about today. We are talking about how you, listener, are an entrepreneur. No matter what, even if you haven't started your business yet, if you're thinking about doing it really soon or you're already into it, I guess you already know that. But for the other two folks, this is a you know sort of a big psychological barrier that people kind of need to cross, need to punch through to become an entrepreneur. And for me, it really started, uh, you know, I'm just running right into this because I just love to talk. But for me, it really started with, you know, when I was working at uh, AppArmor, uh, sort of on the side, my side hustle uh, while I was working at a major telecom. Uh, here in the Great White North. And on my lunches after work, you know, whatever, I was doing whatever I could to sort of move the business forward. And for me, that was all about sales. It was a, it was a direct sales kind of business. I was, we were calling universities and colleges, you know, and I remember um, going into some of these conference rooms uh, at the, the major telecom uh, and having my gear with me, ha- eat, you know, scarfing down a sandwich in an unholy amount of time. And you know, pitching somebody on, you know, our product or whatever, and actually closing deals. You know, I wanted out of that job so bad. And I knew that we possibly had the slightest little market traction that we could act on and that could get me out of, you know, working there. And for the record, it's not that I didn't like the people or whatever. I just didn't like the work. I found the work at the telecom a little bit unfulfilling. So I really wanted to to move out of that space. And and then I remember, you know, after a while, it actually started to pay off. You know, occasionally I remember just calling Chris in the middle of the day. Hey, like, you know, how'd it go? Because, you know, Chris, back then we'd be doing demos too. And mm-hmm. he'd say, oh, I had a really good demo with, you know, insert, you know, school name. And I think they're going to do it and whatever. Um, and it was kind of this really exciting time. And then it kind of came to sort of a critical mass. We actually had enough customers. We were getting enough revenue that, you know, I could actually leave. So I was, you know, sitting across from my boss and one of those, you know, think of those stereotypical corporate meeting rooms, you know, grays and light blues, 
the big wooden conference table, the depressing lighting, <laughs> and all that good kind of stuff. The things that crush creativity. <laughs> and, uh, and it was also in the middle of a floor with like, you know, no windows and no natural light. Like, it was perfect. You know what I'm talking about. And my boss was a great guy, super friendly and patient with this like loud 20 something who thought he knew everything, but didn't know anything at all. And I told my boss I was out and leaving for my startup and he was happy for me, you know? Yeah. He probably thought I was nuts to walk away from sort of like that stable, big company job at walking out of the building. I thought to myself, you know, holy cow, like I am an entrepreneur now, you know, I've, I, I think, right. And then this is really where it got kind of weird. Like right away, it starts weird. I mean, this is also going to happen with identity crises. You know, once you've changed from one thing to the next, it's always, you know, transitions are tough. But for a while, I, I felt like it wasn't quite right. Like who was I to do this? Who was I to try to become an entrepreneur? You know, I'm not actually an entrepreneur. I'm just a person. And like, Chris, I, I feel like you probably had, you know, a bit of a similar experience too. Like, do you remember the day when you kind of like went, you know what? I'm just going to do this by myself. Do you remember that? Yeah, I I remember. Uh, so I was I was uh, in school uh, getting my computer science degree, and I remember being in second year of university, and like IBM was on campus, and they were basically just telling us to all quit our degrees and move to a big city, and they would set us up with an apartment, all that sort of stuff, because they were it was the dot com like. Uh, boom, you're aging then. yourself eh? yeah i know i am aging myself uh <laughs> so date. yeah this yeah <laughs> then like you know two years later when i graduated which was so that was like 2000 and then 2002 uh there were the dot-com bust had happened and there wasn't any of those jobs so i was kind of like uh initially an unwilling entrepreneur uh i happened to be doing some stuff on the side that uh was kind of going fairly well so i just sort of started a business instead of trying to find a job because it was going to be really tough a lot of the the big tech companies we're doing massive layoffs. So, you know, if uh, software companies are hiring and they've got the choice between people who are seasoned veterans with lots of experience or somebody right out of school, yeah. they're probably going to take the seasoned veterans. Uh, so it was it was a tough, uh, tough labor market at that point. Uh, but it worked out all for the best uh, in the end. Um, but, you know, but Dave, did you, I really, always... did you really feel like an entrepreneur, though? Like, this is kind of what I... Yeah, there's this, like, like there's so much mythology around this. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I, I don't. Like I to answer your question. I, I felt kind of like an unwilling entrepreneur. It was yeah. like it wasn't really you know first choice. Um, but it it at the same time, I think once I was into it, I was like, oh, I think I really like this. I think I really like this approach. And especially when I compared with people that I knew from school that had gotten jobs, might have taken them a while, but got jobs. They kind of had stories similar to your story where, oh, it's not quite what it was cracked up to be working for the big company. Um, so yeah, I would say unwilling entrepreneur to be quite honest with you, Dave. Yeah. And I think, you know, you want it to be, it's definitely glorified, right? You want it to be yeah. this like amazing, you know, transcendent experience. And it's not that it's not, and it's not that it's not very rewarding in some ways, but certainly the initial reaction is kind of like, what am I doing? And it's, it's, there's a lot of fear there. And we'll, we'll actually talk a bit more about this next week too. Once you kind of have like the, you have your idea and you're kind of like moving the business forward a little bit more. But at this stage, this is sort of like, I, I started to wonder to myself, you know, are, am I actually like cut out to be an entrepreneur? And like, what does that even mean? And I guess what we wanted, what it kind of came down to was sort of this like classic case of like nature versus nurture, you know, are entrepreneurs, you know, born or are they made? And the myth here that we're going to, our first myth of the day and of the series is that, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, the myth is that the entrepreneurs are born 
and, and not made. And that's just, it's trash. It's just not true. Like think like there's a couple of ways to attack this problem and we're going to, we're going to go at it here today. But the first one that's pretty easy is that there's, there's literally no, and, and by the way, I don't have a science degree or any kind. I think I did. I think I did science in high school. It's been a few <laughs> years, but there's literally no creative, like risk-taking or innovative gene. Like you, like, just like functionally speaking, you don't come out like more creative as a person. Um, it's, it's usually a case or almost always a case of nurture. So anyone can become a great entrepreneur, especially you listening today. Um, and I know that some seem more entrepreneurial, some people like, you know, famous people, whatever we kind of think of like the, I don't know, the, the, the Dells, the Cubans, the Oprah's, the Elon's, you know, they, they all seem more entrepreneurial, but the reality is, is they, they worked at that. And for what it's worth too, they all came from different backgrounds, you know, going across the board, these folks weren't, you know, they weren't the same type of person. These aren't very different people, personality wise and background wise, uh, you know, like across the board, these are very, very different, unique people. And if you look historically, and I'm a big nerd of history, like, you know, some of the biggest entrepreneurs in the 20th century, uh, 19th century, whatever, it's a, it's a wide range of people. Um, uh, aside from like, you know, systemic issues, but that's fine. We're not talking about that today. So I think it's just sort of interesting though, that when you consider that, like, it's, it's absurd to me that th people think that entrepreneurs are born. That's just not the case. It's something to work at, something to get better at. And these famous folks that we look to, they're the ones that actually went out and did that. I even yeah. think Dave, like having been through, you know, building a startup, uh, going through an acquisition, leaving all that sort of stuff. I, I still find, uh, entrepreneurship kind of a daunting task it, in, and I'm still working at it. Like I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an expert at it. Um, I think it's, it's an art form that you kind of keep practicing and you try and do it as effectively as, as you can. But I don't know if there's any like perfect entrepreneurship pattern that you can follow. Yeah. Um, it's very much an art form. Well, Agree to disagree. I think I, okay. it's an art and a science. It's a mm -hmm. discipline. Okay. Like, I don't think this is, uh, I don't think it's, you know, I, when I think of art, I think uh, to me, art is basically magic. Okay. So like, I have no artistic ability. I cannot, I can't paint. I can't sculpt, can't sing. I can't play. Um, and so from, and I know you can't either. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you, you have yeah. zero rhythm. Um, but and we could, we should get some videos on that. But anyway, um, so, <laughs> so for me, it's, it's actually more, I would actually lean more to it. It's a, it's a science. It's, it's, it is, there are basic steps that can be replicated, basic lessons that can be derived from people that who are famous or who have been successful, or even to those who are like, not even like, like business famous, like not like famous, famous, like not T-Swift or something, but like, you know, working famous and they they have habits and they have things that they've done to become better as entrepreneurs. You know, it's going to be some combination of, you know, they had experiences, they trained, and they probably even had some level of like mentorship, you know, but these are all steps that the average person can follow and can be better at, you know, Chris, you were like, for example, like even in your story, like you're not born an entrepreneur, you came out of, the, you became an entrepreneur because of necessity. You know, there was the, basically the market collapsed. So you figured it out because you had to me, like I was, I didn't want to work this one job. And, but even before that, I sort of fell into it kind of backwards because there was just a problem that needed solving at a job I was working on. I said, well, you know, what if we had an app for that? And then, you know, you show up and you code it and here we go. Um, so like for, even for both of us, like this was something that we, we both kind of just like fell into, but then we worked at it and we even yeah. sucked at it for a long time, but we got better. Yeah. 
right? I was going to say, it, it, like, I think one of the biggest attributes that you need to have is resilience. So that, you yeah. know, sucking at it and getting better, sucking at it and getting better uh, is really, really important. Uh, if you, you know, it's really easy to give up on stuff. It's really easy to put an iron in the fire and then forget about it and move on. Um, you know, oh, well, that didn't work out and then completely walk away from it. Uh, yeah. Rather than asking the tough questions, why did it not work out? And can I just pivot this somehow? Because the original idea was Ooh. good, but yeah. We haven't used the word pivot very often yet, you know, for a startup show. I feel like it's it's one of those ones that just gets thrown around. Like you do anything, it's a pivot. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. I'll rant for no reason. But I, I think... You're making an interesting point, and there's kind of like a, an element of like wanting to do it. So I I went out and I tried to find some something on this, and there was actually a book that I read a long time ago. Um, it's a New York Times bestseller. I think it came out in like uh, early 20 teens. Um, it's called Heart Smarts Guts and Luck uh, by Anthony Tian and uh, Richard Harrington, uh, which is their argument on like what it takes to make an entrepreneur. Like, and they went out and they interviewed hundreds of entrepreneurs and sort of pulled out the, the four key traits, which is the title of the book. So again, that's heart, smarts, luck, and guts. And it, it, was, it was a pretty interesting book because it's, you know, there's a lot of books out there that are like, these are the habits of like successful people. You know, they, they get up early, they have a smoothie, they exercise at 5 a.m., like whatever. And this is more around some of the like, both like psychological elements and some of the, the functional elements. And, but it's all stuff that can be nurtured, stuff that can be improved as well. It's all about building sort of the foundation to be a, a good and then you know great entrepreneur later. And so I'm just going to like tackle these, Chris, and then I just want you to just, you know, come in there and uh, give me your, give me your feedback. But so the first one is, it's kind of pretty straightforward, but like heart. Okay. So you got to believe it's like the inspiration. And, you know, this is interesting because this one is like, to some extent, a bit innate, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's kind of like when you. When you're hiring employees, which we actually will talk about in a few episodes, you know, when you're looking for passion, this is what we're talking about. This is the heart element. And we even spoke about this um, in another episode in season one, where like, you know, you don't follow your passion because you can develop your passion. And that's really what this is, what this is. So I pulled a quote from the book that I really like, which is, but to ponder more deeply what you naturally feel is your greatest passion is your greatest opportunity for, well, Greatness. So the idea is like the more you think about and act on and get better at passion, the more heart you're going to have and the better, the, and then obviously the more bought in you're going to be and the better entrepreneur you're going to be as well. Like Chris, did you, care gonna, about, did you care about public safety? No, not really, but I really enjoyed writing computer software and really right. liked building products. And that's what kept me going throughout the day is, was that passion for, yeah. for that side of it. Um, and I, but I will tell you, I definitely developed the passion for public safety and what our products were doing. Um, that just came a little bit later as we got more into it. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mandatory element, you know? Uh, it's like one of those things where like, you've got to be kind of getting into the thing. And sometimes people are pretty skeptical of like business ideas they might have because they'd be like, well, I just don't know if I can get into that. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I am. Um, I can't remember, uh, it's Barry and Seth, the guys who did honesty. I can't remember the name of their book right now. It's, it's a long mission in a bottle, mission in a bottle. Yeah. And they, um, there's a line in it early on. It's actually pretty cool, by the way. It's a graphic novel rather than like a normal, I don't know, normal book. Um, and it's really fun. It's a very fun read. You can read it in like know, a couple hours, just sitting down. It's fun. And, um, but what was interesting is at one point Seth says, and he's kind of the more like the operational founder. 
Barry's a professor at Yale and, and he just, he's, he's, he had a great idea for like diapers or something. And he's like, uh, I just don't know if I want to be the diaper king. And it's funny because I think Seth actually would have been a really, really good diaper king. Like you could get into that. Like, and, uh, I have a toddler and, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of marketing on the back of that. And there's a lot of like, we are changing the world by protecting your little one's butt, you know? And so there's <laughs> blowout like, prevention. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, there's no such thing as blowout prevention. <laughs> it's all a ruse. It it's all work. a ruse. That's clever marketing. Yeah. If there was a, actually to, to the diaper makers of the world, if there is a brand out there called no blowouts, it would be a very appealing product. Like if you could, if you can invent that. Wow. Um, Anyway, so, but this, the, let's come back here. So the heart piece though is like, you can build that passion. You can build that inspiration. For me, I was into selling. And then over time it was like, oh, these public safety people have like real challenges. And then all of a sudden your software, for in our case, software or your product starts helping people or doing the thing, solving the problem. And you go, wow, this is great. We're actually playing a role in that. You get into it. So the heart, very, very, very important. Smarts is pretty straightforward. So this is the second one. School, you know, books, training, mentorship, all that nerd stuff, you know, experience as well, <laughs> putting yourself out there. You know, that's the kind of thing that's also going to help you be a good entrepreneur. And that, that makes sense. It's almost like part of the feedback loop. When you think about, uh, you know, the MVP process and lean startup, like getting more information requires you to go out there and kind of find knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Dave, you and I both have been to business school, um, but I, I would say, you know, it's kind of like a nice to have. Uh, we learned a lot of stuff and it gave us a really good overview of what business was about. But a lot of it you still have to learn on your own. So I wouldn't yeah. say that business school is like a requirement to be an entrepreneur. I would I would just say you can learn that stuff elsewhere, well, you know. It helps though. It really oh, helps. Yeah. It really oh, yeah. helps. Like um, I, I think I was way, way better off. Like, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to have a business degree to start a business. That's obviously true. For sure. But man, you're a lot better at business and you understand a lot more of it. Yeah, um, I'm totally yeah. pro-education, don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, I, I I'm just saying like that, yeah, like I, <laughs> I was an entrepreneur when I just had a computer science degree and did not right. have a business degree. So, um, you know, it, 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 but it, it definitely helps. And I think that was the thing that business school gave us was like it touched on uh, a whole lot of stuff. You know, I could talk intelligently about financial statements, whereas I probably couldn't do that before yeah. I had my business degree. Yeah, so absolutely. it's definitely going to help, but it's not like a requirement. So how long have you hated education? <laughs> Wasn't that the opposite of what I just said? <laughs> Not the way I characterize it. Uh, Is that anyway. how startup different works? It's you just do the different thing than what yeah, it's, just, it's just opposite day all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, no, yeah, I agree with you. That makes sense. Uh, luck. Okay, so luck is kind of a weird one, right? So it's like, how do you get luck? So uh, in the book, they talk about how you can you can cultivate luck by being open and humble, which I definitely agree with, like humility in the market, uh, by having the right attitude and approach towards relationships, like positivity. You know, that includes like internally, like how you treat your employees versus how you treat your customers, etc. Um, your your like public facing persona, like building on empathy, I think is the key there. And then they say building like they call it building lucky networks. Like I would characterize that as just like networking or being well positioned or knowing the right people, which sort of makes sense. Um, it kind of felt similar to a good to greats concept of like return on luck, which is like you you if you can't control when good or bad luck happens, but you can con control the position you are in and your company's in when those events occur, which can therefore lead to a positive 
exponentially more positive or a less negative event on bad luck. Um, but luck is important. And uh, I feel like this is a theme. I always talk about Guy Raz. We should have Guy Raz on the show. I'm sure he'd love to come <laughs> here. Um, but like, you know, there's always this concept, like at some point on that show on how I built this, they always say, well, you know, uh, the, the entrepreneur goes, well, and then I got really lucky and this thing happened. Well, it's because they were working really hard and doing it right and being in the market in the right place and things happen for them. So Right on. Yeah. And then lastly is guts. So personal this, fave. This is my favorite for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just take it then. If you, if you well, yeah. Is. Like guts, guts, I would... I would say courage is the other way to describe it. And that's really being willing to take that step and fighting that little bit of angst that you have about <laughs> taking that step to do that thing that you know is going to move your business forward. Um, even uh, at this stage of my career, I have that angst as well. And I have to really fight to push through some of these things where I'm like, am I actually going to start you know, building that new piece of software or should I just let this idea evaporate in the back of my head? And, and it's like, it, it takes that guts, that courage to actually, hey, I'm going to open the dev environment. And I'm going to start building that thing and it may not work out, but I'm at least going to give it an, an honest try. So yeah, yeah, this is my favorite, Dave. Yeah, I think when we talked about, um, you know, ideation, business ideation in season one, one of the last points, so like the rest of it was like a process to come up with ideas and validate them. But then the last point was like, just do it. Let's like yeah. go out and do the thing. And that's what this is. Like have the guts to try and do it. And this is actually, they mentioned in the book, this is probably one of the biggest things that, uh, that you have to overcome to really be a good entrepreneur. And it's, this isn't about like recklessness either. I think this is about taking well thought out, exercised, calculated risks. It's not about being you know, ridiculously risky and doing, you know, big bets. It's, it's, a, it's about knowing when to bet. I remember I bought a pair of shoes, a pair of Nike shoes and on the box it had, you know, just do it. Yeah. And so I cut that out of the box and I stuck that to my computer monitor for a number really? of years where I had that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you didn't just want to post it. No, you just, I want, you wanted it. You wanted the real deal. You wanted authentic. Well, I just, I, it was convenient. I had that, you know, I had a, the box was staring at me and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put that on my That's monitor cool. to remind me that, Hey, just do the thing, remember, you know, do uh, the next remember, thing. I remember when David Price is a pitcher for the Jays and he just, he had on his locker, just pitch better. Yeah. The solution to all problems, pitch better. Pitch better. <laughs> yeah. So like the solution to all entrepreneurship problems, just do the thing, Try it. you know, Try do what's it. next. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. They did also, for what it's worth, they suggested there were some ways that like, how do you cultivate like guts? It's good. Not literally, of course, but like, how do you, how do you get like, you know, figuratively get more gutsy? And there's a couple of ways. So they, they did actually say on the nurture case that, uh, you know, for the, those parents out there, early childhood ventures, like the lemonade stand, or there's no actually way. some kiddos around here that, they they're on Instagram, of course, and they have a little business where for I think it's like fifty bucks, which is kind of expensive, but they're really good. They come and they'll they'll do some chalk, like a nice chalk writing, like for like a birthday or something like that, and they'll do it right in front of your house. So you know when your kiddo comes outside, they say you know happy birthday, kiddo, and like that's so cool. Like I mean, that's the kind of thing though where that's they're actually building the guts for required for some entrepreneurship. But you know, short of you being a child, you just salesmanship in general like a salespersonship, just getting out there, you know, a training uh, for risky outcomes can help too. So like being prepared as to like what the worst case can be can actually help you in understanding. It's it, again, it's a lot of that like preparation around making calculated risks. And the last one is just having a support mechanism. You know, have your family, friends, peers, somebody who 
can give you the real feedback and also help you, you know, support you through this decision. It's like a co-founder too. Co-founder does that as well. I, I feel like we had plenty of scenarios where it was like, hey, Chris, I got a crazy idea. Like, I feel like that was like once a week, like that, oh, that yeah. sentence or, or, hey, Dave, I got this crazy idea, like back and forth. Yeah. I love those conversations. Those are the best. Ah. You get in front of a whiteboard and you start drawing something and you tell me how stupid it is. <laughs> and I say, but, <laughs> and then we fight but about Dave. it for a while. <laughs> and then we both realize that neither of us have any data. And then we say, okay, yeah, we, let's go get some we data and then we'll come back. We got to fight for at least three to four minutes of it. And then yeah. we both back off and go, okay, what do we got to do here to actually evaluate this but <laughs> i don't know it it, it is it, those are fun conversations sometimes they end up being a bit of a wild goose chase but that's okay but you know it's all good the bottom line though on all of this is that uh these you know heart smarts luck guts all these things are things that you can work on and get better at you know this is stuff that you can improve so it's, it's entrepreneurship is a discipline you know chris and i changed so much and grew so much during our time with app armor and it was all because we worked we, without actually knowing it. We were actually working on all these things almost every day and iterating and improving and moving the business forward. Now, I wanted to add a closing note to this episode too, because there's one thing I'm really going to get into this deep uh, next week. Our, our next episode is going to be the credibility crisis of starting a company. But I just, just at this stage where you're still evaluating that you're an entrepreneur, one thing to understand here is that um, if you're about to start your business, Ignore the pop culture expectations for what a startup should be. You know, like we're startup different. I got a sign behind me now. For those of you not watching the video, I have a sign and it's blue and it's cool. So check it out. <laughs> um, but we're startup different because all that noise, all that stuff we ignored and it worked out really well for us. We're here to fight these myths, right? And there's so many myths early on. Just focus on you, your product, and your customer and worry about the rest later. So, so that's basically the episode. Let's wrap it all up. Entrepreneurs are made, not born. Chris, you are not born an entrepreneur. Uh, you are and can be an entrepreneur right now. Ignore the weird feelings. Ignore the doubts. Just get into it. Get more into the business. Entrepreneurship is a discipline. You can and you will get better at it as you, you know, work on the business, as you keep in mind some of the things we were talking about today. And then... And speaking of which, remember those heart, smart, luck, guts, and then ignore all that startup noise, get out there, make a difference for your customer. All right. We did it. Another episode. Another episode. Good work, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded pretty excited there. Another episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, folks. Uh, rate the pod. Uh, we will see you next week. Episode will be coming up. It will be the credibility crisis of starting a company. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to getting deeper on some of these psychological pieces of starting your business. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you heard, subscribe to and rate Startup Different in your favorite podcast app. If you want to see our radio faces, check us out on YouTube at Startup Different and look us up on social. We're probably there if you are. And lastly, do you want to feature your startup on the show? reach out via our website, startupdifferent.com. See you next time.